Do you need a little more Steve time? I get it, and I have something for you. Do you know that we host a free live training almost every week? This is a fact. Most weeks we host a free tutorial webinar covering productivity, content creation, and online marketing. It is called Webinar Wednesday, and you can find out about this week's webinar by visiting dototech.com slash webinar Wednesday, or check out the links in the show notes. You know, Webinar Wednesday has become an online institution. I've hosted over 160 of them, and we are still going strong. I know, it almost sounds too good to be true. Free training every week, and a chance to learn more about productivity, content creation, or online marketing, and more Steve? Oh, pinch me, I'm in a little bit of heaven. The links are in the description, or visit dototech.com slash webinar Wednesday. Steve Dotto here. How the heck you doing this fine day? Welcome to Gray Matters, the podcast for baby boomers and Gen X who are interested in online business. We are interested in finding our place in the digital age. In this podcast, you'll learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, and more, all from our perspective. The world's changing. Our prospects are changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore, and many of us face a reluctant retirement, and that is not cool. We need to take our years of experience and put it to work for us, a side hustle or online business of our own. We need to develop mad skills to adapt and evolve in order to thrive in this digital age. I can help. I want to help. And this podcast will help. It wasn't that long ago that I was struggling to transition from my former career in traditional broadcasting into online business. There were lots of bumps and bruises along the way, but I'm here to say it is a fantastic and worthwhile journey. I am glad you found us. I am joined now by Rachel Morty. Rachel, how the heck are you doing this fine day? Uh, well, Steve, I feel like summer is finally here. Um, I'm very excited about that because it's just nice to go outside and not need to wear several layers. And I know you're familiar with that because you live, you live in, uh, in Canada. And I'm it's sure not a, people think that where I live is cold and it's, it's not Arctic like Canada, like Edmonton or Winnipeg. I live in Vancouver, which has about the same weather as Seattle. Hmm. We, we can go a year without snow. Uh, this year we had maybe two days of snow. So the coldest it got was, it, we, we, we like the rest of the world, count our degrees in Celsius. It was the coldest it got was maybe eight below. So You know, I was talking with some friends um, last night too, and they said that South Dakota, I guess, didn't get hardly any snow this last winter which, but it was cold yeah well of course you know but they said <laughs> instead of being like negative 40 it was only 15 degrees fahrenheit you know so I know. Well, let's uh, let's jump into it. we've got a pretty short show for a day but we do want to cover the amazing stories the amazing news that's happening in the world of tech marketing and old folks so uh <laughs> i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you lead off because my stories today my two stories i i tell you you gotta you've got to really raise your level today because I have two amazing, amazing tales to share. Well, mine may amuse and be a little more practical, but uh, first one, uh, for those of us who use Instagram, whether casually or for business, uh, they have rolled out a new feature called the Drops. Okay, so on the Instagram shop, and I, I'll be I'll be clear, I don't usually go shop on Instagram. I know I am in apparently a minority. A lot of people people do. like buying on Instagram. 
and you can buy directly on Instagram. That's yeah. the killer about it. I, I think they've made, and, and even researching the story today, I made some awesome discoveries. I'm like, wow, maybe I should go over there a little more often. But anywho, uh, they have added a drop. Uh, it's a drops destination. It's in the shopping tab. And essentially what it's going to do is, you know, it's like drop it like a tot, which is actually the title of the article that we'll share in the show notes today. Uh, but basically any new product that rolls out from a brand that you follow or the something that's current or featured will show up there. So you can be alerted right away. Just go check it and see what the newest, latest product is so, and feel free to shop to your heart's content. So is that kind of some kind of youth slang thing of something like well, we've said when our when our new episode drops? Is that what is that what that comes from? So it's a product drop? It is. And so the drop, uh, frankly, the drop it like it's hot is a very old euphemism. Drop like so, it's hot? Drop it like it's hot. I'd never heard that before. Ooh. Okay. Well, it's, yeah, it's just like, woo, it's hot. Oh my God, it's so hot and amazing. And I had to drop it because it's so hot. It's so lit. It is a bit of an aged euphemism, but yes, drops. I also think of, uh, not to get into the QAnon stuff, but apparently that's what they called updates from Q, uh, the anonymous oh, yeah. Q yeah, yeah, was yeah, drops, like right? That, yeah. I think everybody's- so not that. Everybody's appropriated from us from the film and radio or TV and radio with, with, when we drop new episodes. So I think I think we owned it first. So I'll take I'll take ownership there. So now right. you follow a brand, and when they release a new product, so let's say I'm a Lululemon fan. As mm -hmm. soon as they as soon as Lululemon drops a new hoodie, I see it immediately in my Instagram feed, and yes. I can buy it in my Instagram feed. Far more importantly. Exactly. And you can buy it quickly. So for those of us who like to keep up with the Joneses or Smiths, whoever, and like to stay ahead of everything, be like, I want to be the first one to get something. You can, you know, stay up to speed and make sure you see it first. So as long so as you're following the right brands, you can be cooler, the coolest kid on the block and the Instagram That's block. That's right. And you know what, Steve, I'd also, um, I think what we'll provide in the show notes too, um, I did, I learned a little bit more about how brands and shops and businesses can set their Instagram accounts up for shopping. So we're going to include that, that in there too. It's a great blog by Hootsuite that just talks about step-by-step -step how to go, you know, if you're using, you have to be a Facebook user and uh, you have to have an Instagram account and the two must be connected, but it does give you a step-by-step -step for how to set up your shop on Instagram Take advantage of this uh, medium a lot so of people are using term, to shop. So the term is shop so you can drop. <laughs> exactly. And then you might shop until you drop. Yeah, Hopefully your go. phone and, you know, yeah, not actually indeed. drop your body. But yes. Okay. So here's my first. I, I, I'll, I'll start this off. I have an audio clip to support my particular um, news story today. Okay. But I'm going to ask you, and it's a rhetorical question, what is uh, 52 seconds long and worth... $760,000? Oh, are you wondering? Let me tell you. <laughs> Charlie. Charlie bit me. Hurt, Charlie, and it's still hurting. 
$760,000. One of the most famous YouTube videos of all time, now 14 or eight, 14 years old, I think. The famous Charlie bit me video where some young chappy sits, sticks his finger into his younger brother's mouth and gets chomped down on severely. <laughs> and it was viewed some 800 million times on YouTube. Oh. was sold at auction as a non-fungible token. And it's going to be removed from YouTube now that a purchaser has spent 700, did I say 700 million? Uh, $767,000 on Dude, this video. I, I don't, I have no words. Now, right now. Th th there should be no words because it's beyond ludicrous. It, I just, Really? Yeah, I mean, really, I, I I couldn't make this up. How could I make this up? I don't. Why? I mean, I I wow. Why? That's 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 what I. That's the synopsis of my reaction. And Steve, um, do we know? So I, I'm a little. I'm a little. Uh, t tell me, like I'm five. What's an NFT? What is that? Non fungible token. Okay, so th this this leads us into my. Re I why is it that I think every week now here in the news segment it's just Steve's bitch session as I complain <laughs> about this or that. It's 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 obviously our shows for baby boomers, but because we're all getting crotchety in our old age, or if you agree with me. All right, let's let's back it up. And I, and, and I want to make sure I'm accurate on the dollars. It was $760,000 that was spent on this okay. in auction. And the family got that money and the purchaser received a non-fungible transfer, which is this. A piece of, it's, it's based on blockchain technology, hmm. which of course is also what, what uh, cryptocurrencies are based on. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are based on blockchain technology. The blockchain chain, te chain technology is an amazing algorithmic-based standard which allows you to have a, allow you, allows you to basically verify a piece of data as being original. So if you think about things like bank transfers and uh, well, in in cash and like money, like bitcoins, there has to be a way that it can be identified to the entire world as the original item. And so that that's what blockchain does. And so blockchain in itself is a really important and very cool technology. Um, but it's how they're applying blockchain technology in the real world that's causing our eyes to snap back in our heads. I'll talk about Bitcoin in a few moments, but there's a new phenomenon called non-fungible non transfers, which are people take pieces of digital art, be it a, a picture, be it a video, and they sell it as the original to somebody who says, I own the it's beyond copyright. I own this data. Now, unfortunately for the person purchasing the non-fungible transfer, anybody can make a copy of it. And you can't tell by yeah. looking at it on your computer whether it's the original or not. So it's, it's, it's very much just an internal satisfaction that you own this. And I guess there are ways to monetize it and stuff like that. But the bottom line is it's, it's a piece of, you know, that audio is, you know, every, other people are going to be able to play it. Um, I'm sure that they can set copyright rules up in that so you can't share it. Maybe at some point this podcast sure. will be pulled down because the non-fungible <laughs> transfer decided that I am egregiously using their, although th I think this would classify as fair use because we are commenting on it. But but the bottom line is it, 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 it creates this, like it's like a token that says it's a token of ownership of, okay. a, piece of, of a piece of digital art. So it's like buying it's like buying the original Mona Lisa, whereas everybody else can only have copies. Um, so whereas the Mona Lisa though is a physical thing, yeah, is 
digital, which makes it a thing too. It's still a thing. Digitals are still things, but they're designed by their very nature to be replicated identically. So anyway, so then it's, it's a, it's a revolution that is sweeping across the, the, the more, the more well-heeled of the world as they buy these non-fungible transfers. And, and if you do a little bit of a search on, you'll find that there's the, the, Longs are being sold, and there's an outrageous amount of money being spent on this. But this leads me into my blockchain rant. You know, I, the, I, I think that our grandparents, the 1930s, 1920s, and I'll even go back to the 1800s, they understood the things that made the world work. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it didn't take the average person, the average laborer, the average person that was, or the average banker for that matter, understood how trains were made. They understood mining of coal, smelting of steel, fabricating. They understood combustion, simple combustion engines through steam and heat. And, and, and you know, they understood pistons. And they, they, it didn't take a lot to understand the under physical underpinnings of how the world worked. Now, financial mechanisms might have been a little bit more, a little bit more complicated, but they were still fairly simple by today's standards. There weren't mm-hmm. things like credit cards and stuff. They were pretty, pretty much a, a gold-based society. How much gold a country had, they had the gold standard. The world was understandable by the average person. The world we live in today is not comprehensible by the average person. How blockchain technology works, and uh, and uh, and, and heck, how you know how they develop these new vaccines, these mRNA vaccines. It's be it's beyond most of our ken to stay on top of things in the world, and blockchain is right at the heart of that. Now, while it's important, as I as I indicated earlier, it's how it's being applied that concerns me. Because if we don't understand the way that these things are used, then we can't use them properly. And mm-hmm. what it's boiling down to me now is I've got this massive hate on for cryptocurrencies. <laughs> it's we've talked about it a little bit in the past, and and I've been doing research on it for the last several months now, and in reading more and more about it. And there's one compelling concern that we have with cryptocurrencies, and it's not what you would probably think. You would think that I'm concerned about cryptocurrencies because they are the perfect mechanism for organized crime to launder money. That's you would think that perhaps I have an issue with that. And you'd be right, I have a small issue with that. Sure. Or you'd be, or you'd say, perhaps Steve has an issue with cryptocurrencies being the perfect mechanism for people to avoid paying taxes and not letting the government know exactly how much wealth they have. And yes, you'd be right, I, I have a small concern about that as well. But what I really have a concern about cryptocurrencies is they are the most environmentally irresponsible thing that we can do because cryptocurrencies are mined. They're mined just like a mine digging gold, but they're mined through the processing power of computers. How a crypto coin is made, how a Bitcoin is created, is thousands of computers crunch an, a super complex algorithm that becomes the basis for the blockchain that is attached to that particular Bitcoin. And it takes massive amounts of processing power. Massive mm-hmm. amounts of processing power equals a large number of computers rare earth metals all being formed into computers and being manufactured into computers that are not doing anything to help airplanes fly or ships sail or medicine be made or accounting be done or videos being made for entertainment. None of those computers being done, none of that. They're basically churning out an algorithm that nobody will ever see that will eventually have some value in a Bitcoin. So we've got that manufacturing issue, but then we have the power. 
that goes into them. And it's not just the processing power, but these are in massive server farms that have to be cooled. There's a tremendous impact on the carbon footprint that these have. Now, for the most part, the server farms that are creating crypto coins because the cost of electricity are in places that have more refundable, more kind of a, um, more green friendly, you know, uh, not as so much coal plants, but still China makes a huge number of cryptocurrency coins and they do a lot of their stuff is still coal powered. And so the energy that goes into creating these things is massive and it is so freaking irresponsible to be going down this path, to be creating something which has economic value only only not even economic value but but is uh, is 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 uh i i, I don't know what to say it, but it's it's a shortcut mm-hmm. uh it's it's an avoidance of scrutiny in in getting a little bit more privacy so people don't know where your money is essentially and in order to do that they're gonna they're gonna basically spend all of this energy and it is it's bothering me and i would say that of our listeners right now i dare say that less than 50% of them knew that I was going to complain about the environmental. <laughs> you, didn't, yeah. did, you didn't, did you? I did not. And, and frankly, hadn't thought about that aspect of it. I really hadn't. Um, but it's important to bring up, you know, it, this, but uh, just from the flip side, and I know you talked about too, just like, um, it, yes, it, it, I, it's something I don't understand, frankly, you know, I just learned from you today what NFTs are and, and how they work. And I, I'd heard the term, I'd seen it, but I didn't really grasp what it was. I am rolling my eyes at it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, is this like the new thing? But one thing I did read this, like, and I, I, if I, I'll find the link and we can put it in the show notes too. Um, you know, I, I, when you were talking, I thought about the stock market um, and how I've also never really understood the stock market. Um, not, not fully. I've, I've even been through some courses, you know, and, and had financial advisors try to explain it to me like I'm five and apparently I'm still five because I still don't really <laughs> fully get it a lot. But, um, but I know that has been one thing that's kept me from ever really kind of getting into it. Cause I'm like, I don't like getting into stuff. I don't understand, especially if it has to do with my money. One thing I did see is that, um, uh, especially like if it comes to diversity or, or equality in people's access to money that. I have seen stories where it says that uh, Bitcoin is somehow more accessible to um, investors of color, uh, where they may have felt in the past like they couldn't, it was a higher barrier of entry to the stock market, but they're not feeling that with Bitcoin. And and again, I'll, I, I have a link that it kind of talks about why, but, but I mean, that might, you know, it might be a positive aspect to it, but there, mm-hmm. there's always the negative, right? Like you just brought up and again, stuff I had not known or considered, but that's, that's absolutely tangible stuff. There might be some benefits, but there's absolutely some cost to it. Literally. Yeah. And, 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 and perhaps I am completely off base and they are in Bitcoin ends up being the great equalizer of our society, redressing it, uh, harm that has been done for centuries. Uh, I don't hold that much hope that that's the case. I, right. I, I, I respect the fact that it probably does make a difference in those spaces and, and, and acknowledge that that might be something very important and it might take the edge off of blunt, blunt my argument slightly, but I don't know if it would totally undermine the argument. So no, no. And, but it's and worth bringing up. Quick question. So I would, I bet I can guess your answer. So if you had to pick stock market or, or cryptocurrency, Bitcoin today, which one would you pick? Well, I, I would pick the stock market myself just personally, but I, I'm also not a huge fan of a lot of financial mechanisms. So I've, I've got, mm-hmm. for example, I think one of the most useless, I hope there are no, none of them are listening, but things like foreign trade, people who make money on foreign exchange. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's 
good are you doing for the world? You're, you're tr- shaving. You don't make anything that makes anybody, uh, that makes the world better. You don't build medicine. You don't clothe people. You don't cut people's hair. You don't clean their teeth. You don't drain the swamps. You don't, uh, you don't build the roads. You don't do, you just make money. And, you're Richard uh, Gere from Pretty Woman. You don't make anything except money. Uh, that's, I guess he was. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that movie in a long time. I wonder yeah, how that many- one would stand up. Most movies are from that vintage don't stand up very well to scrutiny today. We watch, you know, like we watched um, 9 to 5 the other day. Got oh. all excited, showed the kids 9 to 5. It sucked. It sucked. <laughs> it totally sucked. I mean, still, still, Dolly Parton was awesome, but it was, it was, it was like, wow, this is really not a good movie. And it moved so slowly by today's standards. Like, all right, let's get to the good parts. Oh, I know. No, I I watched the Coleman scenes first. Holy cow. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I I still love that movie just because I love Lily Tomlin. I love Dabney Coleman. I love Dolly and and everybody, but it's just like, but I I hear you. It's, it's a different movie and you know, it it tackled maybe some timeless, themes but yeah it's a different movie for sure but yeah. well my final story is also the end of eras but i'll let you I'll, let's get let's get into something where steve can be a little more positive now so i'm hoping that your next story will will take me out of my funk i i'm hoping it will so um we have talked at length uh, in these podcast episodes about tracking and mm-hmm. about data and about privacy or privacy however you want to say it um and we all know if, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't realize that every step, every click you take on the internet is likely being tracked unless you're taking extraordinary measures to stop that. Yeah. Um, like Brian Adams songs, every click you make. I'll be watching. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's, it's all about, all about stalking people. So, so apparently um, I, I bring this article to you from fast company, but apparently a game, there's been an online game that has been developed called terms and conditions apply and essentially, it's a game to take you through, can you keep from being tracked? And so what it does is it presents you with a, a slew, just back to back to back to back of pop-ups. And it's like, okay, will you make the correct choice here so that you do not get tracked? And I love it because, I, again, I think so many of us out there, even if we're savvy business owners or entrepreneurs, may not realize the extent that we're getting tracked or that we may, we may want to track people. Um, and the ways we can do that. One thing I like about the story is it brings up how when you get those uh, subscription prompts or do you do you really want to not subscribe? Are you sure? And it talked about a really interesting stat um, where it said that, uh, you know, basically like it showed, I think it was like about 22%. Like if you are presented with an opt an opt out screen and you click, yes, I want to opt out. And then you're taken to yet another one that's like, are you a, sure? Are you sure? you drop off. You actually don't click that second one because you're just like, so whatever. So oh. they retain you because you don't go through the second one. And Are you really, but, really sure? Are you really, are you really, sure? really sure? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it says okay, that the chance. consent rates just, I know. And it's, that's mind numbing yeah. to me, but yeah, just because people you're quick and you're moving and you just, I, I'm tired of this. I'm just going to move on. And now they still have you. So this so. uses real world scenarios. Yeah, and it does get farcical. Like, uh, and we've all seen these. You know, some of these companies try to be quirky and they try to be witty. You know, with how they're like, "Oh my gosh, you sure?" I there's one particular site, Social Media Examiner. I, I I'm just you know, they do provide really good resources, but I really just hate the pop ups every time. Like, so and like they'll say, "Do you want our report?" And if you click no, it's like, "No, I don't want to be smart." Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I know like, that. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I meant, you know, but, oh. but it, it gets into that stuff where it says, oh, I don't want to make know, money. Yeah. 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 It goes to lengths to say, you know, it, but gives you just these really hyperbolic examples of how to the lengths people will go to, to put these questions to you that make the, the, the no choice so distasteful to pick. So, uh, but it's, it's supposed to be, it's meant to be in fun, but also I love the, the things that are kind of farcical and fun and whimsical, but they're also practical in what they like, Oh, this actually taught me that dang, everybody really is tracking me. And again, for those of you out there who have website opt-ins or things like that, you might actually have some takeaways from that to say, Ooh, Ooh, here's how I can keep people from. Well, <laughs> you, you always, when you have a website pop-up and we use them on our website for getting people to opt in and you have exit intent pop-ups and all of these sorts of things, you recognize that you're going to piss some people off, mm-hmm. but the, but the payoff is worth it or they yeah. wouldn't be doing it. Getting the subscriber, the value of a subscriber on your list is, is, you know, it, it's measurable mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and the people who are pissed off and go away, they don't get measured the same way. They don't have that impact on you. So if, you know, if 10 people get pissed off and go away, but one person stays and that one person ends up like for social media examiner going to social media marketing world, which will cost $1,800 or $1,400, then then they're okay sending 30 people away. Now I I know Mike Stelzner who actually owns it and he, he's not good with, with, with irritating people too, too much, but it means that it works, but it does. I hate the, Pander, not the pandering. What would it be? The uh, just the. I hate that the way that they they treat you like you are a you're stupid if you don't. Operate. The condescension. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. Are you sure you don't want? So tell me, you don't want to make money, so you don't want to live long. Uh, you know, uh, yes, I want to die. Yes, exactly. I I don't. I want to be a pauper. Thanks. I'm so glad you asked. Yeah, you know? so, so sweet of you. All right, my final story. My final story is a walk down memory lane, starting next. Uh, when is it? June fifth. Two, three weeks from now, mm-hmm. oh, no, 2022, a year and two or three weeks, we can say goodbye one and all to Internet Explorer. Oh, poor one out. Yes, poor Internet Explorer. And you got to say hello to Edge, which is Microsoft's, uh, if you haven't used it, it's Microsoft's, it's Microsoft's push. So, so Internet Explorer was born in 1995. Oh. Yeah, and by the 2003, it held... of the browser market share, 95% from the biggest software company in the world, Microsoft internet Explorer held 95% of the market share in 1995. That is staggering, but, uh, they, uh, they rested on their laurels and in Mike, let's face it, internet Explorer got fat and lazy and it got (laughs) bloated and it had, uh, security issues and competing browsers came up. Firefox and Chrome Yahoo. are the two that came up. Yep. But Firefox in 2002 and Chrome in 2008. And by 2010, Internet Explorer ha- held 60% of the market share. And at that point, their Firefox actually had 24%, but Chrome only had 7%. Whoa. So fast forward to 2021. Chrome now holds 65% of the market share. Yeah. And if you look at Chromium-based browsers, which is based on code that Chrome is built from, it's a much higher percentage. Safari, Apple Safari, 19%. That shows the power of the of the Apple operating system and how it's grown as far as a desktop computer. Firefox, mm-hmm. tough times, down to 3%. Microsoft, uh, 4%, Microsoft Edge is at 3%. And Internet Explorer is less than 1%. So we're not going to miss it. 
once it fades into goes gently into that good night. I don't know when last time I launched Internet Explorer was, but it is a very, very long time ago for me, and I suspect mm-hmm. it is for you as well. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's it is it is the end of an era. It is the end of an era. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's 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 going the way of Netscape, of Netscape Navigator. Oh, I remember Net. See, you were just making me all nostalgic for all those times I I had to like listen to the and try to get online and then take up a phone line to get online. Wow. Oh yeah. Uh, I I won't share them with you now, but I've got some stories, some old time stories of the beginning of browsers and how we were, we were, when we were the first, well, I'll share one story with you. Uh, No, I'm not going to share it with you. I'm going to save it for another time because, because I think we, I think we covered, but, but yeah, so it's sad to see uh, internet Explorer go, but at the same time, it's happy because it was at its height when it was at 95% of the market, it still wasn't a very good product. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, I mean, but what we knew no better, right? We're just like, hey, can it get me online even if it's slow as anything and but, stuff? We just and, didn't know. And to be fair, you know, they figuring out how a browser worked, how an operating system in the web worked, which is basically what a browser is. And they had to deal with all of the Flash issues because Adobe was pushing Flash at the time. And Flash was this just this... It, it allowed us to see motion. It allowed us to see video and animation on a browser window, but it was just a walking time bomb security-wise. It was the way that so many viruses were spread. And so, you know, speak going back to our earlier story, you know, things we don't understand the world, how all of these uh, ransomware attacks happen and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. That all began, that genesis began because people were exploiting holes inside of, micro, inside of Internet Explorer. It got them into operating systems. It got them into networks and it got, you know, it yeah. opened the door for that whole hacking culture to grow rapidly. So that's, uh, so I'm, I, I'm not sad to see it go. It's not something that I'm going to miss. Yeah. But well, I mean, yeah, but say goodbye to an era and hello to all the new things coming And who knows, uh, you know, if things are on pace, maybe in just a few years, Chrome's only going to have a small percentage and something new will come on. I think Chrome's, I think Chrome's market share is going to be eroded uh, fairly substantially over the next few years. Um, there's leaner, faster versions that are identical. I use the Brave browser almost exclusively now. Mm-hmm. which is a faster version and it, it, it engenders more privacy, which actually isn't a big issue for me. The fact that it's leaner and it, I've got a utility on my computer that tells me how many system resources, everything that's open on my computer take. And mm-hmm. Chrome is just a pig. It just uses up way too much <laughs> and, and, and brave for the same sites being open takes less processing power. So wow. at the end of the day, my computer works faster, smoother and better. So that's uh, that's it for me. That's right. Well, you're very brave, and uh, I'd love to hear how that goes. <laughs> you're so brave. Uh, but here's hear how that goes in the future. Well, uh, arrivederci, or, or whatever. I should stop trying to speak in other languages because yeah, I don't know any. Your accents are really not. Um, I know. They're terrible. I know. No, leave it to the experts to do that. But anyway, so long. It'll be another year until we say bye to Inner Explorer. I really don't think I'm going to notice. Yeah, that, yeah, it's going to go quietly. So with that, I think we'll, we'll, we'll put a button on things, let people know where they can find all of the show notes. Yes, that will be at www.datotech.com slash 69 gray, gray with an E. So slash 69 gray at the end of the Dototech, uh, 69 gray at the end of the Dototech.com domain. So come visit the notes. And uh, also don't forget to uh, check out our Facebook group too, because we tend to talk about this kind of stuff, like which browser people are using at the, the gray way. So. All of those links gray, will be in the notes. At the gray zone, excuse me. At the gray zone. Gray zone or the Dotto Tech website. We've got two good websites. Dotto Tech right. or the gray zone. There we go. All right, Rachel. Good luck to the Colorado Avalanche. Rachel's hockey team as it 
progresses through the Stanley Cup playoffs, they're through the first round. We will be watching with great anticipation to see what what plays out as, as before Lord Stanley's mug is once again presented in a few months. <laughs> and for all of you tuning in, thanks so much for your time. Till next week, have fun storming a castle. Take a Stanley Cup miracle. Bye!